0: Countdown to kickoff continues the Jaguars and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is week 16, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, the site for a battle of first place teams, the AFC and NFC South matchup. And it's Kevin Harlan with the call on CBS joining us now. And, You know, hey, first-place team's going at it. Jaguars in a three-way tie. Buccaneers a two-way tie in the NFC South. And it doesn't get much better than this on Christmas weekend. Kevin, how are you?
1: No, it it doesn't, JP. Boy, I hear your voice, and I think of NFL football. It's great to be on with you, and you're right. I mean, this is a terrific matchup. Uh, Two teams that are in desperate need of wins, clearly. At this stage of the season, I'm here talking December football, now late December football. Um, it's, it's like if you're a, a college team trying to get one of those four bids uh, for the national championship and getting that playoff, uh, you've got to win. You cannot lose. And I think especially for the Jaguars, who have staggered here just a bit, and I guess still unknown about the quarterback. Now, we're talking, uh, you know, not not that far before kickoff, and I think there's still kind of a wait-and-see approach. But if it is, Bethard. I think the team feels like he is up to speed and knows what he's doing. And of course, if it's Trevor, uh, we know that uh, that they'll be in good hands. So either way, I think they're going to be fine. But this seems like a game that will go beyond just what each quarterback can do—not just the Jaguar quarterbacks, but Mayfield over on the Tampa Bay side. JP, I, I think that that uh, it'll be a whoever wins, it will truly be a total team effort. You can't win with just one side of the ball in a game with this kind of. Uh, you know, situation with this much at stake at this point of the season.
0: Kevin Harlan, CBS Sports with us. You know, you mentioned the quarterbacks. And if it is Trevor that goes, and it was trending the right way by the end of the week at least, uh, you know, it's the third time this year he would have been on the injury report and then played on that Sunday. He had the knee injury, the left knee, and then the high ankle sprain on the right side. And now coming off a concussion protocol, that has to rally a locker room somehow when your franchise guy is battling through and getting back out there.
1: I I totally agree. The kid's never missed a game. I mean, he's you know that better than anyone. Just, you know, his durability has been one of his strengths. His availability has been his, one of his best abilities, and, and he has certainly shown that with, with the different things. We were down there on that Monday night, J.P. doing that Cincinnati game. He walked off the field. Like they're gonna cut off his leg. I mean, like, like as you saw. I mean, it was. It looked like a, a real bad injury, and the kid pops up and he plays the next week. I'm like, he's amazing, and he's got a. He's a quick healer. Clearly, uh, hopefully, that's the case. And 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 you know, just knowing the way Doug is, and 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 the way that uh, medical staff is, the athletic training staff of the Jaguars, there's not an ounce of caution that they are not looking at and and, and abiding by they're going to make sure that he checks every box maybe double checks each box to make sure he is he is ready to go they're not going to put him out there in harm's way whatsoever if he's fit and they say he's ready to go then you can rest assured as a as a Jag's fan that that he's you know he has been completely cleared everything is fine and and he's set and and that is reassuring that's one thing the league has done well is they've really stuck to the protocol of of making sure that concussions are handled in the right way and clearly with the franchise a foundational player like he is a franchise player that that Trevor is uh, they'll, they'll make sure that they've taken every warning sign and knocked it to the side if they clear them
0: Kevin Harlan CBS Sports has the call of the Jaguars and the Buccaneers you know December pressure the Jaguars right now are not handling that very well they've lost three in a row and some self-inflicted mistakes the last three weeks they can't seem to get out of their own way and get over the top in some of these games but if anybody can turn a team like that I feel like it's Doug Peterson Kevin and then you know a, a guy who's been at it for a while he has a pelt on the wall he knows how to get a team up and ready but at some point the team that's up and ready has to go on the field between the white lines and execute and not hurt themselves I'm sure Doug at this point it feels like, you know, I can only do so much, guys. But it, the leadership of Doug Peterson and this coaching staff, how can that help them get over the top the last three weeks?
1: Well, I think I think you've, you've hit on, a, on the main core, and the theme is that they know what's around every corner. They, they've been down this road multiple times. And listen, every good team in the league, and I'm including the Jaguars clearly in that as a first-place team, Every good team has stumbled this season. We know that San Francisco at one time lost three straight games. We know that Philadelphia is staggering right now. Um, uh, Kansas City has not had the season they imagined as the defending league champion. I mean, Baltimore may be the only team that has kind of sidestepped any kind of direct enemy fire and, and, and fallen. They have been a team that has really survived week to week, and they've done it in unconventional ways, maybe in very fortunate bounce of the ball ways, but they've done it, and and they're the kind of the one team. You know, Dallas has struggled on the road. Miami cannot beat a winning team. Like every team, and that includes Jacksonville, they've all had, um, you know, the imperfect season. But that's kind of what this season overall, J.P., as I think you'd agree, has been. This has been a season league-wide of, of uh, imperfection. And, and we don't have the clearly dominant team. Like San Francisco, I know people are putting that, in that category, and certainly they got a huge game coming up against Baltimore this weekend. But but they had, you know, when they lost their starting left tackle and they lost Debo Samuel, their jack-of-all-trades, um, they, they struggled. And I watched it firsthand up in Minnesota. So so this is a team in a Monday night game. So this is a team that uh, has really – um, you know, uh, uh, come back and and finish strong. The Niners, right now, I kind of believe that, that that the Jaguars have that same feel to them. I think that that you've you've got to hit a trough to understand what it means to maintain where you are. Seems to me like with Doug in charge and and instilling the confidence and all the different different mechanisms they need to climb out of this. He, he's the right voice at the right time, and uh, and it could show here this afternoon in Tampa.
0: Kevin Harlan, CBS Sports. It doesn't have to look perfect. I'm sure that whoever's holding the Lombardi trophy at the end doesn't matter how perfect they were. I mean, they, they've won the Super Bowl at that point. That's, that's kind of how it works in the league. Hey, has, um, has Baker Mayfield, for lack of a better turn, term, uh, turned the corner? Is, he, is this the real Baker Mayfield, or is this kind of a one-off situation right now? Well, I've always
1: thought he was a terrific quarterback, quite frankly, from college. And, and on into the NFL, I think when you're a number one overall pick, and you certainly know that with Trevor in Jacksonville, your number one overall pick is held in a completely different grading system. And it's got to be can't miss, uh, basically perfect, uh, first-day starter. Like, all these things are attached to a number one overall pick. So you come into the league with that. He And as he told us the other day, JP, he said, he said you know, the problem with being a number one pick is you're going into a situation it's got a lot of issues, right? You're going to a team um, more times than not that is a losing team and is trying to change the culture, and then you are kind of the focus in the center of all that attention. And so, if that's the case, um, you know, I I think that you know, in in a lot of ways, a lot was heaped on them, but but Cleveland was dysfunctional, and and maybe still uh, to a degree, they are a bit dysfunctional. Although they're winning and they, they've got a they've got a shot here, certainly at getting past the regular season, uh, but but just when they got Deshaun Watson, the, the, the writing was on the wall, and he moved on. We know he went to Carolina. Then he went to the Rams, and uh, and, and now, of course, he's with the Buccaneers. And so resurrected is, is, I think, a pretty good word to use, but but I've kind of always thought, when healthy, all the things were there, the leadership qualities, the ability to connect to his teammates, um, the the understanding of the offense, making good decisions at the line. Arm strength has always basically been there. The, the ability to do the off-schedule plays, move outside the pocket, make things happen, you know, make bad plays good. Um, the ability to run when he needs to uh, on his own. So, like, all these things have always been present. I'm, I'm just wondering if this is kind of the right uh, connection for him, the intersection of a first-time offensive coordinator, um, you know, getting his his you know feet wet, so to speak, at that position, calling plays. Um, with a quarterback that's looking for a little bit of redemption and a chance to really show what he can do tailoring the offense to not necessarily what the offensive coordinator abides by, but but says let's let's be a, let's be a, a joint force here. let's let's connect our thoughts and, and come up with our own offense. you and me. and I think they've done that to a degree and as uh, Baker was telling us the other day at CBS, uh, he feels like his fingerprints are on it yet doing what the coordinator wants, and that combination has proven very successful. What is it, 24 touchdowns, eight picks, yeah. um, and, and the team's won three in a row. And he had the perfect rating at Lambeau Field last week in a place which is hard to do uh, for the first time ever in the history of Lambeau Field, the oldest NFL stadium. He, a continuous NFL stadium, he's had that that perfect rating. So um, um, I, I like everything about his story. He's a very engaging kid. Uh, he's a man of faith he's a husband and father so off the field he is he is you know got everything buttoned down not that that's a necessity but it just adds to what I think a quarterback's got to show and that is kind of the complete package it's hard it is very hard to have that in this day and age with everything going on but he has navigated it well sure he's had bumps in the road but I I really think that that he is you know in the wake of Tom Brady now think of this how about taking Tom Brady's spot yeah. and and you really can't because of everything that historically Brady has done but but he has he has really answered the the call for for who's going to be the next guy, you know, under center and he's done it, you know, in a, in a very very uh impressive way.
0: Final thought with you Kevin Harlan CBS Sports. It helps a quarterback when you have a guy like Mike Evans to throw to. And I think this is the matchup of the game. Evans against a secondary and and two starters in that secondary coming back off injury this week to to get back in the lineup. How is Tyson Campbell? How is Andre Cisco over the top? And how do they cover Mike Evans? Because every time you look up on the highlights, Kevin, I mean, Mike Evans is running forty yards down the field for a touchdown. It seems like. Well,
1: yeah, I I agree, and and he and uh, he's over a thousand yards again. I mean, he's doing historic things at that position, uh, and he's incredibly consistent. Um, it's going to rely a lot on your edge rushers. And we know all about them. They make, they make waves around the NFL. Um, and certainly the secondary is going to be called upon. But uh, you may take a Belichickian uh, view of this and say stop their strength. And their strength seems to be not only Mike uh, at the receiver position, but also Rashad White in the backfield, who is kind of the Christian McCaffrey, ETN type of guy, like he does it all. Catches the ball well. He can pass block. He's a three-down running back. He handles all these things, um, you know, with great aplomb. And and that, uh, to me, I guess, if I'm Caldwell, those are the things that kind of stand out. How do I go about limiting what these two terrific weapons, this receiver and this running back, do? And if they can do that, and I think it will be a combination of the press off the the pressure coming off the the edge, as we talked about, and certainly some very sound secondary play by the Jags, uh, to me, the feeling is this game is incredibly even. I, I watched twice uh, their game last week in Green Bay and the week before during this Tampa Bay winning streak. I mean, listen, they they give a lot. There's a lot there. And, and, and they're a sound team and well-coached, and their defense really, you know, answers the bell, and the quarterback is playing maybe at an all-time high. He had that great 2020 season for Cleveland. When he won the playoff game in Pittsburgh, and then he came close to beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Mayfield did when he was quarterback in the Browns. But uh, but 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 I like I like this match. I think it's incredibly even, very very even. And of course, Lawrence may be a bit of the tipping point, just because then you can really say, really, you know, matchup per matchup, this thing really really comes out as as a as a pickem, as a flip of the coin. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be everything is advertised as you began the conversation with two first-place teams going at it in a must-win situation.
0: Nobody better to call it on TV than Kevin Harlan. Always a pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for the time.
1: JP, thank you. Happy holidays to you, your family, and all your great listeners. Um, As you may know or remember, I was the first uh, preseason voice for the Jaguars back in the mid-'90s when they became a franchise. Me and Mike Golick, and then later Paul McGuire. And uh, so I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, because of that. And my three years doing the preseason, wonderful memories, fond memories, Tom Coughlin, the whole thing, and uh, and really enjoyed those years doing it and uh, and wish you and your fans the very best in a wonderful new year coming up.
0: Well, I won't tell the stories that Golick told me last week. I'll leave <laughs> those out. Golick
1: those- is a piece of work. Listen, Mike Golick is one of the best people in this business, as you can attest and i'm sure you had a great broadcast from detroit on international call for westwood one but uh, great to be with you jp take care my very best to you